Martin. So hello everybody once again and welcome to another episode of the Heart Shaped Decisions podcast. And this is Graham Frost uh, speaking once again. And today, so we're doing something a bit daring here because um, I have literally met Shelley Botham on, uh, on LinkedIn about two or three days ago, literally really early because I put a call out for people involved in education to come out and to come on and be interviewed because as as the regular listeners will know I'm trying to give a I'm trying to give a platform to teachers to talk about what they do and get some get some respect because I don't think teachers get enough respect. And that genuinely from the heart the decision that I made. I know quite a few teachers and I know they're really under pressure at the minute and they're not getting a very good press. So I thought right let's do something about that. So um, Shelley responded to my call. I think somebody actually connected us or something, didn't they? And so, yes, Shelley, would you like to um, sort of fire up, just fire away and talk about uh, your career in education and you know, a, bit about, a bit about your journey? Yeah, of course. So I'm quite new to education. So I did my PGCA um, back in 2018. And then okay. which you can you have to do an NQT year so basically just to give you your QTS to say yes she can definitely teach um so I did that and I did my NQT and graduate and got all my certificates back in 2019 uh-huh. and I did my NQT year in Luton and so it's a very kind of where I was it was a very diverse um kind of area there was lots of different cultures and yeah. there was children from kind of really really hard background so for yeah. an NQT it was a very emotional experience yeah. kind of go through obviously training everything that you did from your training putting in yeah. practice also dealing with the children who are going through so much and I think that side of teaching is, is something that we always forget about as well yeah. is that that we're that person that that support system that those children really really need they see them every day with that consistent face yeah. and that's something that I was like well okay you don't actually get prepared for this as a teacher you got prepared for okay you're going to do your planning and you're going to have to be expected to do this but actually yeah. it was that side of things as well which now where you don't get to see your children actually I find that really hard like I miss my children I miss my class and yeah. it's seeing them on the computer because sometimes they're there sometimes they're not sometimes they're not actually paying attention they're too busy yeah. by everything around them mm. but actually you that kind of personal connection with them as well the chance to get, talk about your weekend talk about those silly things that you you know you do within the lesson um yeah. so I kind of relocated back um to Derbyshire um oh. where I joined primary PP Acre, which is where we kind of met our connection from it was from our director yeah um I do a very kind of diverse role at the moment so I still teach um well not in a classroom at the moment we're teaching online yeah. um I also look after teachers and help oh. train support them so everything that I learned during my training everything that I learned as an NQT I can relate to it to these teachers of everything that they're going through going yeah. come on support you um and times like now like what you said you teachers aren't really being respected they're not having that support no. and then phone calls I've had just a week alone where the teachers just want somebody to talk to they're stuck at home just as much as the rest of us yeah and there are many teachers of the, I say it's a nice way, of the older generation who wouldn't necessarily know how to use the online platforms that we need to now do. Yeah. And it was overnight, a phone call from me going, you're not in school anymore, but you're now doing it online. Have fun. This is what we need to do. And we've yeah. offered them, but actually it's so hard because 
there isn't that personal connection anymore. You're sat in your same four walls. And if some of our teachers are doing pre-recorded, you're literally not talking to anybody. You can't yeah. talk and you can't see their progress. Yeah. And it's really, really, really hard. And it has taken a lot of kind of straight on the teachers of going, okay, have they got it? Do I know what to do next? You know, are they actually even watching my videos? Which is the biggest struggle is knowing that you're there when you're doing live you can see them you can go come on pay attention to me let's let's join in together but yeah it, you know it's one of those one of those kind of biggest things so that's my my journey and at the moment I'm doing live lessons and I'm doing pre-recorded so I can really relate to my staff getting best of both worlds yeah uh, like kind of teaching online and sometimes it's hard with teaching online so many children might not be there so last week alone you know there was two children there so teaching 30 children to two children it's so different you have to change your approach yeah even more so because half the time I'm talking I'm like come on like join in with me let's do more than you know let's get involved and actually it's really really difficult and as well so I do science as well you can't do fun science experiments over zoom it really doesn't and children at home haven't got the same resources that we would have at school so you're cutting down your lessons you're taking out that kind of the fun interactive side that you put in you're trying to do it in a different way and actually it's really hard because the children haven't got what they want you know you're showing them but it's not the same they don't have that hands-on kind of they get to give it a go feeling so it is really really difficult at the minute yeah so what do you think well yeah i think it's great that you're actually supporting other teachers as well because i think that is something that you know you talked about people in the older generation well that would be me (laughs) i do want to say i have to be careful when i talk about it because i'm like don't want to kind of you know pinpoint too many old people too much (laughs) i wouldn't like to think i'm old but i'm older (laughs) but um no seriously i mean i am used like yourself you know i've worked in i've worked i suppose you could call it corporate education for um quite a long time and you know i'm used to i'm used to audiences of anything from sort of six to eight people up to probably 200 um and, and also you know, young people as well. And so I've had, I've had to go from that to actually, you know, I've had to learn about how, you know, I've had to set up lighting in my office and um, all that kind of stuff and do, so yeah, I can, I can completely relate to some of the older teachers. I mean, I can remember when I was at school, you know, I mean, we didn't have any technology at all, really. So we did. We had blackboards and rubbers and things. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how the teachers of my day would have reacted to this whole situation at all because we didn't even have computers. They haven't been invented. Well, they just about had. But um, you know, the idea is. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that concerns me at the minute is um, I keep hearing stories about uh, young people who haven't got access to a computer at home. So. You know, there was there was a story recently about a lady uh, in um, I'm in Birmingham. There was a lady in one of the sort of more deprived areas of Birmingham, and she had she had six children, and four of them were of school age, and they had to share her phone to try and do their schoolwork on it. It was just impossible, you know. So. That's really hard. And that's what some of our teachers are facing as well. So them as teachers, they've got their children at home and they're the same with, they've got one computer, they're expected to do their timetable and there. Yeah. Um, large number of our schools and we're doing it as well. You know, we're going, 
we've got some iPads, you know, we can offer this, you know, here, do you want some packages? You know, do you want iPads? What do you need from us to support them? And obviously it's, it's really, really hard. I know I've seen loads of kind of internet providers are going, tell us, tell us if you're working from home or tell us if your children are doing homeschooling and we'll help, we'll help with your bill, you know, we'll cut your internet bill down. And it's these things that people actually don't know until they, they start digging and researching it. And it's people like us who share it with our teachers who then share it with their parents and it's the networking thing that actually makes something like you know people didn't know that we offered our ipads until an olive branch reached out in one of our schools and actually we're having more people going have you got an ipad you know we need our children to help and um one of my actually actually one of my staff members had a computer at home and she's donated it to one of her children at her school she knows that they are from a, a deprived family and they don't have a computer and she wants them to be a part of her lesson and you know for one of my teachers to go above and beyond like that it is absolutely incredible that we've got people who can have those resources at home and go here take it you know we absolutely. want you education yeah, absolutely i think yeah but I, mean, I, I had a situation recently where uh, one of the teachers i know on twitter she um put out a call for laptops for a school in the West Midlands and in Tipton, it was a school in Tipton in uh, Staffordshire. And, um, you know, they, were, they literally had something like 30 devices and they needed 300 for the school. And, you know, the kids that, that were at home and they couldn't they actually couldn't do the work because they didn't have, you know, I mean, a lot of people only have one device in the whole house. Um, you know, I've probably got, I've probably got three but you know, it's I'm, un, I'm unusual in that respect. And I, haven't, that, I haven't got children. That was a hard thing about it, literally being overnight you know we had the news that on the fourth it was just london schools were shot so half of some of our staff members went in and then overnight you know teachers and that's what i found being in school is you can only prepare for so much so yeah. we are prepared for the first lockdown and then teachers were constantly so I, I helped cover ppa as well teachers were constantly getting packs ready sending things home as a just in case you know, if the bubble went down or if they couldn't come into school you know there is only so much that teachers can do and that's the thing that we help to try and promote is a work-life balance is so yeah. important and at the minute teachers haven't got it you know they have to prepare packs you know paper packs if children haven't got resources and getting them to them preparing online lessons, delivering online lessons. Then they're working from home. So their home is now turned into their work and they're surrounded yeah. by teachers' work-life balance was hard enough. And now we've just threw another bombshell at them going, overnight, good luck, here you go, I'm not going to help you type thing. And it's like, okay, well, we need to help these teachers because they're so important. Obviously, children's education is really, really important, but the people behind that education are the ones that need that support. They need that boost and they need, like, of course, we can't have a, a week one again, just so you know, in a week's time, we're going to have a, a national lockdown again, but mm. something in place to support those teachers to, you know, not just go, okay, you've got to create 30 resource packs and you've got to do this and you've got to do this. Yeah. Have <laughs> and that's yeah. the situation teachers are in and you know i'm a part of loads of social media groups of teachers the number of teachers that are now coming out of teaching because of this situation is heartbreaking because yeah. we know it couldn't it probably might not happen again who knows touch lots of wood but actually we're now losing some potentially really really great teachers because of the situation we've been put in but if that support was there we could be keeping these teachers you know and these children are now missing out on their you know on that that normal face that they see yeah, so who, who do you think should be providing that support and what, what would that support look like? Well, that's a really good question. Well, I think, you know, obviously, the government have kind of got their hands full with everything that they are doing. But like you say, perfect example of laptops, you know, well, 
have we got a pot of money? Can you give a grant to somewhere? Can, you know, people like Apple or, you know, Microsoft branch out and go, yeah. let us, you know, there's your, there's that side of things, you know, they're yeah. a technology company, help them, even if they're on loan or something, that is also something that people probably haven't thought of and couldn't do. Yeah. Obviously, like I say, it was an overnight decision. And I know lots of teachers, myself included, we all chip in together. You know, it's not a good luck type of situation. It's one of those where as teachers, we all come together to go, I've made this resource pack. Here you go, have it. Have has anybody else got something? You know, that's the nice thing about social media is teachers have all yeah. come together to share their planning, to share their resources. So actually they're not alone, but it's just that element of kind of that first initial shock of, okay oh wow i've got a lot to do so actually there are people that could have branched out more to, to support in this situation i think yeah and i think i think i mean you know from what from what i hear um you know from teachers that i i talked to and uh you know i was talking to somebody uh, about an hour ago who said that you know he regularly gets e emails from teachers at half past 11 at night that are sent at half past 11 at night, so they're still working half past 11 at night. But then I also heard about a, a head teacher uh, who said, said to their, their team, you know, all, their, all the teachers who work for them, all the, all the support staff, I do not expect you to actually answer emails outside of certain hours. And um, if you do, you know, I would, I would ask you please not to, you know, not, not to have your work emails on your personal phones and things like that. Yeah, it's so hard though, like, because obviously teachers who are parents, yeah. their time, when those children go to bed, they actually have a computer, they actually have time to close off, but actually they need to get ready because they don't know what tomorrow is going to, tomorrow yeah. is like, um, you know, I'm quite fortunate with the company that we work for of being able to support teachers, to be able to support schools that yeah. we can, so everybody that we see crying out, you know, we're approaching them going, let us help you. You know, we're here. We, you know, as a small business, we can help. You yeah. know, we want to do as much as we possibly can. Tell us what you want and we'll get it to you. You know, if you need a teacher in school, we'll find your teacher and we'll go, you know, tell us what you want and let us help you. And, and that's the nice thing of being a part of this business is I know that, you know, helping my teachers is great. I've been into school a couple of times to, to support some key work bubbles. Yeah. I can you know, in a time where it feels like you can't do a lot, you are still being able to help those people that really need it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that yeah, that that is it's so important that te you know, teachers get the support that they need from wherever that wherever that might be. And um, because you know there'll be teachers that have been that have been teaching for potentially you know twenty years, suddenly everything's changed. And they're the ones that are actually finding it the hardest. Um, it was it's crazy to see because they're like obviously their 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 thing that they've known for so long has suddenly yeah. changed. I've got a number of kind of teachers who are retired who want to just do every now and then work or you know something like that. They're like, well, what am I doing now, Shelley? Like, help me. I don't understand how to record a lesson. So we offer kind of training as well. So we have staff training, but I use that as kind of a bubble for everybody to support each other. So yeah. I did and I think I spoke out of the whole hour I spoke about 10 minutes because they were all talking between themselves you know and they even yeah. said it was nice to have that bubble and that support from other people who are in exactly the same boat as you yeah. and, and, and a lot of my teachers are of the older generation and like I say of those who have ever retired or I've even got some NQTs you know and they're all coming together to support each other you know to yeah. go 
hey, this is what I'm doing. I use this platform. And others are like, oh, I've never used that platform before. How do we do it? And, you know, and it's really nice that we can kind of come together and, and support each other, especially. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I would have been lost without Zoom this past year. You know, it's one of those things I had it on, had it on my laptop and I probably used it well, maybe once or twice before this year. It's now become my, it's now become my favourite form of communication because uh, somebody, um, funnily enough, somebody said to me, I've got a phone, I've got a phone call to make um, in about half an hour. And um, I, the lady who wants to speak to me, she said, I said, I would like to send you a Zoom link. She said, oh, can you phone me? I thought, oh, I thought I've actually got to use the phone. You know, it's like really weird because... Zoom is absolutely incredible. That's what we use to do all of our online teaching. Um, yeah. You know, that like you have so much control in Zoom. You can change your background. You can share your PowerPoint. You can turn it into a whiteboard. Like yeah. to me, like Zoom seemed to have been my my kind of go to my thing. Like I know Google has changed and they've got Google Classroom, they've got Google Meet and things like that. So yeah. people are kind of jumping on and making these things to help people. But when you find a platform that works for you and you know your way around it it's so incredible and so easy to to use and you need that like you don't want that additional stress of technology like already the internet is kind of like hit and miss in the best of times and technology is the most unreliable thing and mm -hmm. right now we are using it as our reliable so when you find a platform that works like say zoom for me i would never move away from it you know i tried others and i'm like no put me back on zoom i need it i'm, so. yeah, I'm the same i have to say that i've tried yeah, sometimes people want to speak to me on other platforms. I'm yeah, okay, then I'll do that. But I, you know, I'm not because it's the, because it's their their decision and they want to have a conversation with me. Just, but yeah, Zoom is. So, do you think that um, do you think that Zoom will you know online learning will continue to be part of the mainstream education system in the, going into the future? Do you, you know, do you think that will be an option in the future, say for young people who um, don't don't get on particularly well? Now, I was, funnily enough, interviewed a young woman a couple of weeks ago for my podcast who um, said that she, you know, she actually never went to mainstream school because she had, um, you know, she had a lot of uh, mental health problems and one thing and another, and she, did, you know, she didn't like being with other children, for, you know, and, and, she was, and that really affected her education until she discovered for herself when she was in her early teens online learning, and she actually taught... She taught herself everything that she needed to know by doing on, online learning. Do you think that could be a thing in the future? Definitely. Well, perfect example, like what you've just said, you know, if there are children who have kind of special educational needs, who... Yeah feel comfortable going into school that are who say that they can't be a school but on the computer you know you know they're at home but actually them set up on the laptop is still there they're still very much part of the lesson yeah okay yeah. they're very there absolutely i think it's definitely something that we can branch out and look into of going okay you know a child who obviously has got kind of behavioral needs who can't go in school you know obviously we we don't exclude children like we used to in the old day but obviously there are times where extreme circumstances a child can't necessarily be in the classroom yeah. Who miss out on that let's get them online and they can still hear what everybody else is saying they can still see the powerpoint they can still be a part of it so definitely i think it is an option and avenue that later down the line when we're back to normality that yeah. we can start to begin to incorporate this and you know when um children obviously get sick well actually how's it going you fancy sitting on on zoom on the computer so yeah. you're not missing yeah that's that's, a really, that's yeah it should be something that we shouldn't shouldn't disregard. I know, like a lot of like higher education 
it's really really good and i know that they're using like universities especially but yeah mm -hmm. i definitely think in primary schools we should be kind of using this element within our within our classrooms because children then aren't missing out it's not the same as not being here in person but they're still learning they're still able to ask questions and they're surrounded by their classmates as well yeah good so yeah. What's, your, what's your um what's next for you what would you like to you know what would you like to be doing in this, you know going forward in a few years time Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think on my on my list, I want to do a master's. That's definitely in, in education and looking at children's um, mental health. Yeah. Um, one thing that I found is children use the word stressed far too much for my liking. Yeah. Um, and I've watched year sixes burst out crying, walking in to do their SATs. And that's heartbreaking. So I definitely... Right. That is something for me that I want to look at. Just, you know, children's mental health is really, really important. Um, you know... As, as working in primary PPA because they branch out things so much for me so it's definitely kind of finding ways to support the children and supporting teachers and right now I've got the best of best of both worlds um I'd like to be back and getting more kind of classroom teaching as well so at the moment I kind of do a couple of afternoons so yeah. it's not and I want to just be back in the classroom you know same as all of our teachers like yeah. I just miss my children so much and hearing their funny stories so hopefully down the line like getting back in the classroom and finding those things like I say I know doing my masters would be really important and looking at children's mental health to me that's something that I'm really quite passionate about and supporting mm. like in their education but I don't think education should just be exams it should be supporting those, those children yeah. as well and think, we should do that yeah do you think so you do you think we, we test young people too much these days yeah. A little bit. It's it's. Yeah, it's, it's all right. You could be as controversial as you like. I'm, I'm with you because you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I can remember in my day at school, uh, the only thing I was ever really good at, as I said, was English. Um, and uh, I used to be very good at spelling, and we used to do a spelling test every week. This was in primary school, and I always used to get ten out of ten for that. That was the only thing I was any good at. Um, you had to write out, you know, you had a list of words. The teacher would read out this list of words, and you had to spell them. And I used to get 10 out of 10 every week. And that was, but, um, you know, as far as, you know, as far as being tested on anything else, um, I, you know, we didn't have, I'm okay, we had the 11 plus in there, but I was right at the end of the 11 plus, which I think some, some people still use the 11 plus, don't they? But um, I failed my 11 plus. So I went to a comprehensive school, which was, was actually okay. But there was never... You didn't feel under pressure at all, really. I mean, you know, you, you kind of... I never felt under pressure at school at all. Well, that's that's the thing, and that's one thing I noticed, is children in, in some places that, you know, schools are really high on making sure that their numbers are high. Their numbers yeah. have to be high, their attainment has to be high, you know. And it's like, when is when does the point come that a child is a child or a child is a number? But children at the minute, they have you know half term assessments where they do a spelling test a comprehension test a math test arithmetic test and there's no way to make them fun they all know it's coming and it's yeah. so you can see those children that they don't want to do it and you can just see them closing in on themselves and normally in their lessons they're amazing they're bright you put a test paper in front of them and it's a completely different child and so I do think I understand the importance of assessments and helping to show the children's progression and how we can you know use that to support the child but I also think it shouldn't be used as a a number and to make the child kind of feel bad on themselves because obviously they yeah. get that 
back and they can hear their friends going, oh, I've got this many marks, I've got so many right. And that child just sat there losing all of their confidence just like that. And it's really, really hard because you know in their lessons from a teacher assessment, I can grade them really, really great because I can see what they're like. I see what their work's like. They're amazing. Put a paper, a test paper in front of them and it shows that my teacher assessment is so wrong. But I, you know, as a teacher, you know that child better than that piece of paper does. But that's how the way that the numbers work. And it's, you know, it, I was so glad that when they cancelled SATs um, during the first lockdown, I, it was amazing because they shouldn't have put children through SATs. They, it wasn't, it's going to be virtually impossible. Yeah. They've done it. Why do we need them then? So, you know, I know that they're cutting down the year two SATs because I don't know if you know, so they do um, phonics screening. So they have that kind of through reception in year one. Yeah. Then in year they had SATs. Then in year six, they've got SATs. Like, in primary, like primary should be that time where children are lo- learning to love, le- learning to love how to learn. And, and you yeah. know, actually, mm-hmm. we're taking that away from them. People don't want to be in schools because they know they've got to learn because they've got to do a test. And yeah. it's like, no, you want to learn. You should want to be here. It should be a fun place for you to be. So that's my, that's my opinion, though. Like, obviously, everybody has their own when it comes to it and like I say I know the importance of assessments and I know the importance of why we do testing but mm. I th- there's probably better ways that we can go around it um to support the children's progression um really yeah brilliant no, I think I really like that quote there at the beginning of that little piece where you said that when does a child cease to be a child and become a number and that you know that that is something that unfortunately sometimes follows people into into, into work as well you know some people you know sometimes i know people that say well i'm not really i'm not really a person at work i'm just a number um and that you know if we're starting it in education where are we going you know it's not like the great outlook of life like in, in primary school like sometimes they ask questions like well why do i need to learn pi you know that question that everybody will ask well i'm never going to use this again i'm like maybe not but it's really fun to learn let's do it anyway you know yeah. they, mm. they shouldn't need to feel like they have to be here they should want to be there and oh, like totally yeah yeah i, I live you know I, i'm totally with you on that yeah because I, I live quite near a school well i suppose it's impossible to not live near a school but um you know, I live near a big comprehensive school. It's a five minutes walk away, and you know, when the kid when the kids are at school, I, you know, you see them going off to school, and you can see most of them are kind of dawdling. But you think, you know, oh, when I went to school, I actually quite enjoyed it. You know, um, I didn't feel under pressure. I went, to, you know, I went to um, I went to learn, but it was also like a social experience and everything, everything that goes along with it. And I looked for, you know, I never used to not want to go to school. And now you hear, you know, you hear young people now that don't actually don't want to go to school. And that's a hard thing because the social element is something that our teachers are finding really hard online because the children aren't focused online on their learning because they're finally, they get to talk to their friends, you know. I know that children, a lot of children have Xboxes and Playstations and things like that, mm. but a lot of children don't always have access to that. And when they come onto their, you know, their Zoom or their virtual learning, they're all together. They can all yeah. talk. They all get excited and the learning isn't there. But I say to my teachers, put five minutes aside of your lesson going, right, guys, this is your five minute social time. Let's be sensible about it. Don't be silly. Five minute social time. Let's go. Because those children are excited. They don't leave the house either sometimes, you know, and yeah. they might they might not have access to a PlayStation or if they do, they probably are not allowed to do it online. You know, children at primary shouldn't be doing it yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. Obviously they are. So yeah. that, that social element has gone for them for school and 
we should still encourage it now you know they're talking online so let's let's give it to them i know they're there to learn but actually just the same as we are you know like i say we don't see people and all we want to do is talk to people when we're given the opportunity children are exactly the same they're their friends they're those people that they are growing up with that actually you've just told them that they can't see them again they can't talk to them until who knows when so yeah that let them to have fun on their online platform as well as having fun learning as well yes brilliant well i think i think that's that's i think well you've just completely blown me away with your enthusiasm for young people shelly uh, thank you so no it's really brilliant to talk to you um and you have not lost your enthusiasm for teaching have you at all and that it's so important to me like it's one of those things that I love helping people I love being able to support people and children are and it's really cliche to say but they're the time they're the minds of tomorrow like they they could be the ones that are going to change our future and I know it's really cliche to say but they to me are so more important because we want to make sure we're molding them into the right type of people that we want the world it's interesting because you know I've I've worked I've worked with groups of young people over the last few years and um you know, I look at I look at groups of young people. I tend to work with them when they're a little bit older in in uh, in secondary schools. But um, I look at them and I think, you know, they're the future. Actually, they're probably going to make a whole lot better job of running the world than I my generation has, um, because they don't have the, they don't have all these preconceptions about everything. And I hope you know they're able to keep open minds and they're able not to get drawn into all these biases that we have against other people because they're got different you know you see you see a group of young sort of 15 16 year olds together generally speaking they don't you know even the color of their skin doesn't doesn't seem to matter they're just they're, they're just such and such a they're just another person and that's so important and working in in Luton where it is so di- like diverse there it was amazing to see um like you know especially in times kind of when Eid was around even you know white British children and, and even myself where I live in kind of a white British kind of area now yeah. being in placed you know in where I can celebrate Eid actually was a door opening experience for me and for those children to experience it at that young age it's amazing because actually it's a culture that you wouldn't normally normally know and being open to that, they loved it. It was so like they wanted to ask questions. And you know, the the teaching assistants that I have um, were, were Muslim, and they were like, "Ask me any questions you want. You know, whatever you want to know, even if you think it's silly, ask me anyway." And the children were like, "Okay, I'm going to ask you silly questions." And, and me as an adult, who obviously um, I didn't, I'm, you know, I've never worked with Muslim people before, and I, you know, I've never. Been you know had that kind of luxury of meeting somebody I was like okay I'm gonna ask you some questions too like tell me what you know you know teach me how to make samosas I can now make amazing samosas because of my experience like yeah, yeah, absolutely. as well the children are able to open the doors to culture there there is so much kind of they are happy to be around other people and there isn't that element there they are so inclusive and it's so important because like you say the older generation are very much like um no this is them and this is me whereas the younger one we're all one you know let's let's all hang out and it's incredible to see absolutely good we're all one let's hang out i think i think that's a that's a great line to finish on that's brilliant (laughs) shelly thank you so much for um being on the Heart Shape Decisions podcast. If anybody wants to contact you, what's the best way to contact you? Are you on? 
yeah so we're on social media um so if you find us we're a primary ppa cover um so we're on social media and our, on our website um as well so if there's all our contact information there so um absolutely just head to our head to our facebook or, or find us online it's primary ppa cover um and yeah we're based in ashby but like i say we work with schools nationwide so um you know we we speak to people and uh, schools from all over the country too well, brilliant. I look forward to following your career, but thank you. Thank you so much. For, thank you so much for being on the podcast.